Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Had, uh, had a good time with Michael and his family this last week. Uh, continue, we ask to pray for our granddaughter. Uh, that's, I'll, I'll leave it there for right now. But uh, she, does need, she does need prayer. It was interesting with mom and dad gone and sister gone, Here's Nana and Papa, and we're going to have devotions. You know what I found out? It's hard sometimes for Papa to get grandkids to respond. You know, it's just hard sometimes to get people to respond, period. I mean, we had a great time, but after all, Papa is, well, you know, he's Papa. It's a joy to see potential. It's wonderful to see young people that have the potential in their lives for serving Christ. It is fantastic. Other kids that we saw while we were gone. But then you recognize this. The Bible is absolutely dead on, dead on when it describes growth as sinful creatures born again, but still having to deal with the Pope of self. Remember what Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Why do you think he said all that? Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Keep your finger in Joshua chapter 6, and would you please turn to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. You know, Paul, toward the end of the book of Romans, told us this. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Why? That we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. The account that we are going to read is not there to just entertain. It's not there so we can imagine, oh, you know, blood and guts or, you know, whatever. It's not there so that we can just have something to read. It's there to teach us something. The Apostle Paul reminds us even more here in 1 Corinthians 10. Look at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, and by the way, what he's going to be talking about here is not Joshua, but Moses, 
but the application is the same. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. There is something worthwhile knowing how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and that all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent or for the purpose we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Once again, verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, a thing shown to make an impression. And they are all written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And then right after that is this most famous of passages. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Do, do we recognize this? See, we look into the Old Testament and we look into the New, but we see in the Old Testament examples of people that go through things like we do. And what the Lord told them to take advantage of so that to overcome this. Now go back to Joshua 6. We learned in Joshua 5 just three simple things when we were there last week. Number one, this is warfare. Number two, our Lord comes as our captain. Number three, we come first to holy ground. And folks, when it comes to the Listen, spiritual warfare, this is holy ground. God is there. Why? Because he's our captain. And there is battle going on. This is an excellent example of what needs to take place in our hearts when we come into Christ. How do we say that? Here comes, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but just a little bit of a preview. Here Israel comes. We've been there before. Jericho, the, the site of this Jericho, is about 10 miles northwest of the Dead Sea. We went by there when we were in Israel. 
Now, that was quite a city at that time. It was not a pushover. It was very strong. And it was the first thing they had to deal with. Now, again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but just kind of a, a little bit of a preview. When they came in, here's Jericho. They had their way with everything in that area. But the iniquity of the Amorites is now full. And God is bringing judgment while he's bringing his children in. But something needs to take place. When a person trusts Christ, guess what happens? The person comes, they recognize they're a sinner. Oh, praise God. Jesus died on the cross for my sin. Lord, save me. And immediately, self goes, wait a minute. I'm in charge. And so this is what we're going to see. Now, I know I've got you going other places. If you don't want to turn to this, that's fine. But in Ephesians 6, a very, again, a familiar passage, but this is why these passages are here. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now look, we're living in amazing days. I am noticing, and I'm not the only one, as God's hand of blessing pulls back from America, there is great wickedness that is coming in by the wicked one and his minions to fill the area. And next thing you know, we're having to do things like this just to try to keep a lid on things. We're having to hire extra security companies in order to do the job that at one time the police officers, they had no problem taking care of. Now there are parents that are fighting and I mean, you know, spitting nails, as my mom used to say, going up against these board of education people saying, my child belongs to me. You will not teach them this filth. You won't push them. But we've heard videos of them. They're doing it. It has been unleashed we're going to be finding out more and more just how wicked the wicked one is. But there's also going to be this. We're going to be finding out more and more just how much this flesh wants to jump in. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We've already heard that. Same author. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is your flesh and mind in ourselves that is in our hearts and minds going, I ain't giving up anything. You think you're gonna you, you think you're gonna bel- you think you're gonna take me out, you're gonna belittle me. No, 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 no. In fact, Satan will get in and he will convince us through his lies. He will convince us of certain things. That's why, again, I wear this out, but folks, it's absolutely the truth. Jesus came saying, it is written, I have said. Satan comes along and says, yea, hath God said? Let me tell you, you believe a lie of the wicked one, guess who owns that place in your life? And they're strong at it because the wicked one is. And we're seeing that. And now we are the enemy in America. The same people that came across here, not for slavery, but to see a nation where the, where the gospel would go out to the world. I've got to find out what the current percentage is. I've, I've got to talk to Dr. Comfort. He's the one that talked about this before. I remember hearing him, though, In the mid-80s, he said, 85%, of money for the spread of the gospel was coming from America. Now you know why they're seeking to tear this place apart? There's your reason, a large part of it, at least. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So what happens? Well, we're about to see the example. We cannot help but realize the importance of claiming the victory that is already ours. My heart right now, I am praying right now. I just, it's it's up to God. But my heart just cries out right now that we recognize this. Are you listening? Otherwise, get somebody else up here if they need to tell you. But we need to have that victory. We need, excuse me, we need to claim the victory that is already ours because there are people that are watching. And one of them is the wicked one. One of them is the wicked one. So go back, if you would, to Joshua 6. Look at verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up 
because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. Now, again, like I said before, and this is under this point, my first major point is this. The battle is from victory, not for victory, as we shall see. There were a couple of reasons why. And we find this out by going to different scriptures and in the Bible. There was a fear of Israel's God in Jericho. We find this out from Rahab, terrified at what took place. When God's people change and the world looks and thinks, wait a minute, they're not fearing their God. Why should we? We've got a problem. Satan knows what a force for God's people, what God, a force that God's people are when they are powered by the Holy Spirit. That's why he does everything he can to get us to believe his lies. Now, the Lord had told them, and he tells us, Exodus 23, I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. Oh, that's about Israel. Hold on a few moments. Look at verse 2. So there's the fear of Israel's God. There's also the promise of Israel's God. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Now what we're hearing here is the same thing that Israel heard. It's called confidence. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Listen to me. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Do we believe that? I hope and pray that we do. Because I'm telling you, Satan is turning it up. And also on top of that, the Lord is purifying his church. Did you hear that? The Lord is purifying his church. There's going to be a, there's going to be a time when, when we find out who just kind of drifts off this way, drifts off this way, and that's it. That's why I keep reminding us, this place right here, there's no other place like it. Oh, yeah, what other, other churches? Yeah, praise God, exactly. Wherever you find the local fellowship, this is the place where we pray, we sing, we encourage each other. That's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. When it came to what the Lord was showing Israel, he was basically trying to tell them this. Listen, the battle is already won. You just do what I say. Listen to the instruction. Verse 3 of God of Israel. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do 
six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. Now, guys, I'm not trying to drive you crazy up there with the camera, but I got to walk. Now, here's, listen, this, this is what I want you to get. This is what I want you to get. We've sometimes read this account. Here comes the children of Israel, and, and there's Jericho. There's Jericho. Jericho, at this time, archaeologists tell us, was about nine acres, about nine acres. Now, our church property including the parsonage, including the, uh, the place over here, part of the parking, you know, and going back in there, we are just shy of six acres. So it's not that Jericho was huge, but they could keep a lot of people when they close the gates, number one. Number two, those gates and those walls were incredible. They, they were impenetrable. And here was Israel. We're not talking about a marine mechanized force. We're talking about people that have been walking for a good long time. Now, here's what I want to get into our heads. Jesus, excuse me, God says, I want you to walk around it. Six days, I want you to walk around. Now, nine acres, you think about how many people that there are, and for one person, just, at, you know, not, not at a fast pace, you know, just walking around it, take about 30 minutes. When you're trying to get all of these people around, you're looking at about three hours. But all they're doing is walking. And Jesus says, the Lord, God, heaven above, Jehovah, said, don't say a thing. Now, these people are not seasoned warriors. They're people. I mean, there's people that can fight, but this is Jericho. I want you to stop and consider what might be going through their heads. In seven days, in six days, in five days, we're going to battle. And they're thinking this through. I can imagine the very first time, I can imagine the very first time they came up, those people inside, they knew, they knew. Heard it from Rahab, they knew about what God had done for these people. But all they're doing is just walking. I can imagine maybe after the third or fourth day, you know, people from the wall are going, ah, you guys are a bunch of losers. I don't know. They didn't know that there was a plan by God why they were doing all this. But these people are thinking. 
You know, it's worth it to think when you've trusted God. Because you've heard about sin. You've heard that Jesus is, say it with me, starts with an L, Lord. That means he's master. And you're thinking, wow, I read this in Scripture, I read that in Scripture. I, 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 I read what the works of the flesh are, but then I read the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Lord, that's not me. And the Lord says, that's right. But see, that's going to grow. But you have to surrender. The person that makes the impact, please listen. The person that makes the impact that speaks for eternity is not the tough guy, not the politician, not the pundit. It's the person of Christ in the person that Christ has purchased. And coming out of that life is the love, joy, peace. You can't manufacture that. You can't do that. I, I, I got to talking when, when we were up in Oregon, I got to talking to uh, the pastor that was there for so many years before Michael became pastor there in Grants Pass. And we were talking about this very, same, this very thing. And it's, it's so incredibly important. I don't know about you, but I'm still pulling Jericho down. My flesh isn't eradicated. My flesh has been rendered inoperative. That's what that word means there. But every once in a while, I can get my flesh kicking in. How many of you have ever done that? Every man should have raised his hand. I'm just... Right, ladies? Look. It's May 28th. What's the year again? 2023, how in the world did we get here? This is what I know. This is what I know. That the further we go, the more we must realize that our battle starting with Jericho and continuing and gaining all that the Lord has given us is so incredibly, vitally important.
think of this application. Self, yourself, myself, the flesh, has been calling the shots and giving demands since you were born, since I was born. Self does not relinquish power, period. It does not relinquish power. What do you have to do with something that will not relinquish power? You put it to death, and it doesn't die easy. The works of the flesh are self's domain. Then Christ comes in. He claims rule, and he demands our obedience. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Listen to what Paul says. Now, now again, this... I, I, I remember catching this, you know, appreciating this so much more when we were in Caesarea. And here we are in the amphitheater. My soul, I couldn't believe it. I'm standing in the place where Paul stood before King Agrippa. But there's, a, there's an archway. There, there's a place that you can walk through part of that arena And the second that you get out of it, you look over here, and I mean, right there is a track. And in the middle of it, on the right right side, as you're looking at it, is the Bema seat. And the Apostle Paul, when he was in prison, at that time, saw three things over and over and over again. He saw politicians, he saw soldiers, and I can't remember the third thing that he saw. Politicians, soldiers, athletes. That's the thing I'm trying to say. That's what Paul saw. And when Paul saw these things, thinking of the athlete, he said this, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, uncertainly, So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. How many of us like to keep our bodies, keep our bodies under? If you want proof that we just don't like it, do what I did this morning. Step on the scale. You know what's really fun about going on a road trip? Because all the food that you find that you can get on the road isn't any good for you, but it sure tastes good. And it's amazing how you can punch in on the GPS, take me to the nearest Chick-fil-A. Why? Because I want an Arnold Palmer with a deluxe chicken sandwich and waffle fries. Because that's spiritual. We don't like it. <laughs> this, is, this is what this passage in Joshua is a picture of. 
Look at verse 5, Joshua 6. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, this is how the Lord said, you're, you're going to fight. And by the way, you're also going to win. Hudson Taylor made an interesting observation. He says, you know, there, there's three different ways to serve God. Three different ways. I think I've been all over the map on this. Number one, make the best plans we can and hope they succeed. You ever done that? Number two, make our own plans and ask God to bless them. That brings in the spiritual. How about this? Ask God for his plans and then do what he tells us to do. And that's exactly what they did here. You know how many ways I have tried to fight my flesh? You know how many ways I've tried to fight my own Jericho self on the throne? You know, you negotiate. Or every once in a while, you drop by to see it. You know, just, just, just for that, just for fun. How about let's do it like God said? Because you know something? The Lord Jesus Christ deserves to be on the throne of our lives. Because he bought us at such great cost. At such great cost. Joshua received his orders from the Lord. That's why Israel succeeded. Listen, when we come to battle, it'll not be the world's way. It will not be the way we might have done it. It may not initially make sense. What are you going to do? Walk around this place? What are you going to do? You're going to pray about it? Oh, come on. No, you're going to pray about it. Because that's what makes things go in the Christian life. We go to our master and we pray. It may fly in the face of reason or even traditional thought. But if it is of God, it will bring him glory and lead us to holiness. You know, I, I love it. I feel like preaching on this on this passage sometime soon just to do it because it's been such a blessing to me. I always think about my mom when I come to this. And it's so familiar, but it is so incredibly rich. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. That's what God told Israel here. Wait a minute, Lord, this is not how you, how you fight a battle. No, no, this is how I fight a battle, and I'll show you. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. <laughs> Do you believe that it's important for God's people to be directed here right now and these times? You know, we, we, haven't, we haven't gotten it 
too much. There, there, there hasn't been too much of this. But the point is, more and more, taking a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ is going to cost jobs. It's going to cost promotions. It's going to cost relationships. I'm sickened by what the L.A. Dodgers did. They took an unbelievable group of perverts and said, these are who we're going to honor for this month. It's pathetic. It's sick. I'm going to get off of that. But there's something that we need to remember about all this. Catch this, please. Georgie Vins, a man who spent years in prison in the gulags of the Soviet Union, Georgie Vins and other pastors that spent the same amount of time will tell you that the communists feared the power of the gospel more than any other threat. Once again, you think shutting down churches three years ago was just a mistake? It was calculated. You think they don't have their eyes on Christians, even professing Christians, people that, you know, they say they're Christians, really not, it's, it's a salvation by works, but they name the name of Christ. Hey, they are after it, big time. Because they know, they fear. Now, our problem is this. And, and this is something we're going to be learning tonight with the Holy Spirit in, Ro in Romans 12. We get this idea. Okay, we need to humble ourselves. Yes, we do. But we humble ourselves under him. And you think that they don't really want you to do that? Some of them, they've read their Bibles too. When our Lord and Master says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, they know it. So this is where we need to get. Like Paul said in Galatians 5, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. In other words, Jericho has come down. Almost done. Look at verse 6. You see, this, this is what we, we, we've got. Victory, it's already ours, but we need to treat it like this. It's victory by faith with a focus. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto, him, unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. There is a way to do this. They could march, but God had to be with them. Look at verse 9. And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets, and the rear reward came up after the ark, and the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets, 
And Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout, then shall ye shout. Now go down to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Oh, that's how they did it. Everybody shouted and the reverberations of their, of their voices, that made the walls come. No, it didn't. God brought the walls down because the battle is the Lord's and that includes us. I, uh, I, I read something so many years ago and I want to share just a, a little bit of it with you. It won't take long. Can a saint slander God? Well, as soon as I read that, I had... It had my attention. Remember in 2 Corinthians 1, Paul wrote, for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. In other words, if God makes a promise, it's there, folks. We can claim the promise. <laughs> and all God's people said, Jesus told the parable of the talents recorded in Matthew 25 as a warning that it is possible for us to misjudge our capacity. This parable has not to do with natural gifts, but with the Pentecostal gift of the Holy Ghost. We're going to be back talking about, again, the Holy Ghost tonight, and I can't wait. We must not measure our spiritual capacity by education or intellect. Our capacity in spiritual things is measured by the promises of God. But here's what happens. We wind up being called to something, and like what took place in Matthew 25, the one servant basically says to his master, you asked too much of me, and this is what we wind up saying about God. Israel could have said, Lord, you've asked too much of us. The Lord said, just trust me. He says that now, trust me. Never let the limitation of natural ability come in. If we have received the Holy Spirit, God expects the work of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in us. Once again, never forget, never forget that our capacity in spiritual matters is measured by the promises of God. Hey, preacher, what you getting at? This. When God brings you into the body of Christ and you're walking around that flesh pictured Joshua 6 by Jericho, don't stop and think, well, you know, I just really can't do this. And in fact, I just don't know how I can live this Christian life. Don't dare. Because you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. 
Thank you. I was waiting for an amen. But it's the truth. Folks, listen. Look through the person that's behind the pulpit right now and see the work of Christ and the potential in you. Don't stop and think, you know, I I just can't do that. We start sounding like that, that servant in Matthew 25. I just hit it, couldn't do it. I just, you know, wasn't my part. Some of us, we've known the disappointment of telling God he can't. And then he says, okay, I'll show you. When you think I can't, I'll show you what that leads to. My God can supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. Jericho doesn't have a chance. The flesh can be defeated. It is defeated. By faith, we stand. And with that, let's stand.